Welcome back for another episode of Blessed Is She That Believed. Super Bowl Sunday, Valentine's week. Well, Valentine's Day week. However you want to say it. The week of love, I'll say. (laughs) So before we jump in, let's go to the word. Well, let's go to the Lord with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you, Father God, for everyone listening to this podcast. I pray, Father God, that you allow this word to reach all the corners of the world, Father God, to every nation, to every heart, Father, that may or may not know you, Father God. I pray that you plant your seed, your good word, Father God, in their hearts, Lord, and I pray that you do the miraculous. You do the thing that no one thinks is possible, Father God, because with you, all things are possible. Lord Jesus, I pray right now that you turn the hearts of those who do not know you. You turn the hearts of those who hate you. You turn the hearts of those who who can't trust in you or who, who think they can't trust in you. Father God, turn their hearts, Lord. Do the impossible in their lives. In Jesus' Jesus mighty name we pray. Amen. So y'all, It is Super Bowl Sunday, and I don't want to hold anybody up, even though I know this is not like a live broadcasting. And when I say I don't want to hold anybody up, I don't want to miss Usher's performance. And I know that's crazy. That's crazy, right? It's like, I mean, it's, listen. (laughs) So real quick before we get started, this year makes my 20th um, year of high school, like from graduating from high school. This is my 20th year. Uh, high school reunion shouts out the class of 2004 y'all we <laughs> uh, time has caught up with us and is is pushing us forward at a super galactic speed <laughs> um yeah so it's like when usher and you know y'all i'm not trying to like talk about <laughs> secular music but it it's like, I don't know what it is with music, but it will take you back to a time period in your life that, and you, you'll be just minding your own business, but you hear one song and it's like, Oh, do y'all do that? Cause I did listen. We had, um, we had some guest speakers at my school, um, for black history month and everything. And, um, I ended up having to, uh, DJ, And when I say DJ, I mean, I'm setting up the laptop and stuff to show their PowerPoint presentations, but I decided to play some music and I play Usher's, um, you don't have to call the instrumental version, of course, in the auditorium before anybody, um, started speaking as the kids were coming in. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like this, I remember I was in high school when this song came out and Usher came in with the roller skates out the shoes. Everybody had to get them. Like, it was just crazy. And then, of course, like his whole Confessions album, that album dropped my senior year of high school. So that album is also 20 years old this year. And I'm just like remembering playing that album, playing that CD in my car on my way to school as a senior in high school and just Oh my gosh. It's just so many memories. Um, music just does not give you, 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 it doesn't need your permission to permeate your memories. It doesn't to, to hack into your memories. It doesn't need your permission. Music is just going to do what it does. And, um, man, I just, it reminded me like how fast time goes by. Like now I'm 38. And I had just turned 18, you know, 
20 years ago. I had just turned 18 and I'm thinking I got my whole life ahead of me. And now I'm sitting here at 38 looking back at my eight, you know, looking back at myself at 18, like, man, like if you would known all of the stuff that you were going to have to go through, if you knew all of the stuff that you were going to have to deal with and the friends you would lose to death or just because life, you know, like it's just, mm. but for those moments, music brings a smile to my face. Those songs that I remember when I hear them and they take me back to college or they take me back to high school. And I just remember where I was, what I was doing, what I was feeling. It's like everything comes back to me. And um, sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad, you know, but I'm grateful that the Lord allows us to have music because there are some things you just genuinely do not remember. But when you hear that song, it brings it all back. Some things that you do want to remember, you know? So for that album, when it came out, I was a senior in high school and it came out my senior year, um, the latter half of my senior year. So it's a lot of good memories with that because I was getting ready to leave high school. And I, I remember knowing that a chapter was coming to a close. So that album reminds me of a closing chapter. So I'm grateful for, um, for music, for bringing that back to me. But anyway, um, back to this podcast. So yeah, I'm pretty sure seven o'clock on the dot. (laughs) But anyway, thank y'all once again for joining the podcast. Blessed is she that believe, uh, all of my viewers, like not viewers, <laughs> listeners from around the world. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate y'all, um, tuning in every week, supporting me. Thank you for subscribing and liking and sharing this podcast. Also with your friends, family, people that you work with, just share it. Um, this episode, season three, episode four, I call it the sweetest thing. <laughs> Because it's Valentine's week, you know, the week of love. And I was like, man, what am I going to talk about? What am I going to talk about? But the sweetest thing that we can give to someone is our words. And your words have that much power that you can start a war or you can bring peace to a, a dire situation. So it's the sweetest thing. Even in Proverbs uh, chapter 16, verse... 24 says pleasant words are as in honeycomb sweet to the soul and health to the bones that's in the king james version in the new living translation it says kind words are like honey sweet to the soul and healthy for the body so your words (laughs) your words this week it should be every day but especially this week let your words be kind to the people. You don't know where anybody is. You don't know what people's mindset is. You know, you, you really just don't know. And let me, so this is what we're going to do. We're going to go to first Samuel chapter 25 and we see Abigail and Nabal. Um, now 
the background with Abigail and Nabel, Nabel, I can't even get into all of the detail, but basically Nabel was an idiot. And that's literally what his name means. Nabel means fool. Okay. And <laughs> his name means fool. So basically Nabel had some people, had his servants, they were watching their, um, sheep and doing stuff, you know, doing servant stuff, you know, and David's men watched over them to make sure people didn't come still from the flock and cause them problems and everything. Because I think David was still on the run from Saul. So he and his men, you know, they watched over it because David was like, hey, go watch over him. Maybe they'll offer us some food and, you know, something, whatever for watching over him. So the David's men, some of his men went and watched over Nabal's servants while they were taking care of the flock and, you know, the herds, whatever. And they all, they asked them like, can y'all give me, um, can y'all, you know, bless us with some stuff. And it says, when David's young men came in verse nine of chapter 25 first Samuel verse 9 it says and when David's young men came they spake to Nabal according to all those words in the name of David and ceased and Nabal answered David's servants and said who is David and who is the son of Jesse thereby are there be many servants nowadays that break away every man from his master shall I take shall I then take my bread and my water and my flesh that I have killed from my shearers and give it unto men whom I know not whence they be so David's young men turned their way and went again and came and told him all those sayings. And David said unto his men, Gird ye on every man his sword. And they girded on every man his sword. And David also girded on his sword. And there they went up after David about 400 men and 200 abode by the stuff. So New Living Translation says, verse 9, David's young man gave this message to Nabal. Basically, um, ask your own man and they will tell you it's true. So would you be kind to us since we have come at a time of celebration, please share any provisions you may, might have on hand with us and with your friend David. Because, like I said, they watched out for those men, you know, not to get anything, but just they were just like watching out for them. <laughs> like they out there in, you know, the wilderness or whatever, watching over their, their sheep and the flock or whatever. And, you know, people back then were stealing. They come and kill people or whatever, take their stuff, basically like just jump them. So they were making sure nobody did that so they figured hey let's just ask Nabal if he'll give bless us with stuff since we you know did that kindness well in a new living translation when the young <laughs> when David's young man went to Nabal Nabal said who is this fellow David you know I don't even want to read that a new new living let me go to the message I, I'm gonna tell y'all the message version the message version is straight hood and I love it. It's funny. It's like watching a reality show, reading the message version of the Bible. Cause it, <laughs> I, I know it's, it's just, it's funny to me, but you know, it is what it is. Cause <laughs> I can literally hear somebody that from this area, like I can literally hear somebody saying it the way the message version says it. It's almost like a message version is saying it in today's words like and they don't care how they sound it's just gonna say it so anyway let me let me read the message version 
And I, I promise you, if you go like read King James, start off King James, but if you <laughs> New Living Translation, the message version, you're gonna see a drastic difference, right? <laughs> so verse nine in the message version says, David's young men went and delivered his message word for word to Nabal. Nabal tore into them. Who is this David? Who is this son of Jesse? The country is full of runaway servants these days. Do you think I'm going to take good bread and wine and meat freshly butchered from my sheep shears and give it to men I've never laid eyes on? Who knows where they've come from? David's men got out there, got out of there, went back and told David what he had said. David said, strap on your swords. (laughs) They all strapped on their swords. David and his men and set out 400 of them. 200 stayed behind the guard to camp. David took 400 men with him to go. <laughs> David was a hothead. But you know what? Did you hear how Nabal talked to his men? It's like, don't shoot the messenger. That's what it's saying comes from, not from this specific passage. But the messengers were supposed to be protected. Cause it's not them. They're just doing, they're doing a sin by basically like they've been sent by somebody else. So it's not them. So (laughs) Nabal literally shot at these men with his words. Your words can kill somebody. That's why a lot of people, when you see the 10 commandments say thou shalt not murder. Well, I hadn't murdered anybody. No, you have with your words. Cause gossip is killing somebody with your words. That's how, that's really what it is. Gossip is killing somebody with your words. A gossip is a prophet who is misusing their gift, who's mishandling their gift. And I, (laughs) y'all, I'm so serious. A gossip is a prophet who's mishandling their gift because your words are everything. uh, Death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it shall eat the fruit thereof notice back in proverbs 16 verse 24 pleasant words are as a honeycomb sweet to the soul and health to the bones death and life are in the power of the tongue those who love it shall eat the fruit thereof you you have to be so careful with your words nabal said taught all that smack to these men and they went back and ran that mess back down to David. David said, strap on your swords. Load up, squad up. We headed out. Because it was, and once again, Nabal's name means fool. So there you go. And he was foolish with his words. He was foolish talking. Okay. It caused David to go like ham in a sense. And when I say ham, for those of you who are not, um, who have never heard that colloquialism, that's basically go crazy to lose his mind, to lose his cool. Okay. Just in case I have to cover it. Cause I got people listening from all over the world. Praise the Lord. So Nabal calls David to, to crack. Like he, <laughs> David is like, cause David, and you got to understand where David is coming from. You may be going, David shouldn't have snapped that fat. David got Saul chasing him. David has been out in the wilderness. He, his bed where his bed where is he laying his head okay david david may not be in his right mind at this point in time okay so any little thing can trigger him this is why it is so important for us as especially us as believers to 
watch what we're saying to people. You don't know what state of mind people are coming from. And you may go, well, people need to learn how to control their emotions. Very true. You are absolutely right. However, however, we have the ability to shift someone's mindset with our words. I'm actually teaching my students this week. Well, we just started a unit on persuasion. And I'm showing them the three different modes of Aristotle when it comes to persuasion, ethos, logos, and pathos, and how you can persuade people with your words and how also words, every word has a connotation and every word has a denotation. A denotation is a dictionary definition. I call it 3D, denotation, dictionary definition. Every word has a meaning. However, with connotative or connotation, connotation is how you interpret the word. And a lot of the interpretation comes from where you grew up, your cultural background, your ethnic background, you know? So it's depending upon your own life experience, what a word means. Like if I say hot, some of you may go, oh, okay, that means attractive. Some of you may go, oh, talking about spicy food. Some of you say, it must be hot in Georgia, you know, like temperature wise. So, it, or some of you may be going, oh, did she steal something? Because hot has so many different connotative meanings. It's a multiple meaning where it depends on how you uh, grew up to work. Well, like I told my students, I said, when I, I'm an 80s baby, I, I was born in 86. So when I was growing up in the 90s, if you heard something was hot, that means it's stolen. <laughs> you know, like that, and we're not even gonna talk about the whole Paris Hilton movement where that's hot, that's hot. Like that, that meant it's cool. So it's, it's different meanings. Like, so I know hot as several different things. Whereas my students, because they have a limited life experience time here on this earth, because they were just born like yesterday. <laughs> some of my students, I want to take a side note right here. Some of my students were born when I was in my first year of college. And I don't know how to feel about that. Like, I'm like, who are y'all? <laughs> like, y'all were born like 2006 to 2007. I'm like, I was, and I just immediately like, God, what was I? I was in college. <laughs> it is so weird to me. But anyway. Um, yeah, they're born like 2006, 2007, 2005, whatever, 2008. And so their experience with the word hot is limited because they have only been here for a short period of time. Whereas mine is broader because I've been here longer than them. So I've seen the transformation of the word hot. Some of you are located in different parts of the world. You may know hot is something else. Just like I, I introduced now my, my Philly and my Jersey people. Definitely my Philly people. Y'all going to like this one. <laughs> I told them about the word John. J-A-W-N. I told them about that. Now, have I ever been to Philly? No, but I've watched Creed. Okay. I've watched Creed and I've got to get one of those Philadelphia cheesesteaks from Max's. Okay. I, I don't know how I'm going to get there, but I'm definitely going to get there. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, if you watch the movie Creed with Michael B. Jordan, uh, <laughs> The very first one, he and Bianca are at the restaurant eating their Philly cheesesteak and she's explaining to him what John means. So I took that and I said the word John. Some of my students said, Miss Cooper, that don't sound like a good word. I said, no, 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 no. John can be anything. I said, it could be anything. It can mean anything. Um, but I was giving them those examples of connotation and how people 
will misinterpret a word because of their life experience or by the way somebody says something. So when Nabel said all of that foolish crap, and I'm sorry I'm saying crap, but hey, it is because he's foolish. When he says all of that, yeah, David took it a certain way. On top of David has his own issues that he's dealing with. That's why it is so important for us to make sure our words are seasoned with salt. Not overpowering because you don't need that much salt. And if you put an extra salt in your food, you need to stop. That's not healthy. So <laughs> your words are to be seasoned. Let me look up that word. See, because I didn't look up the word season. I don't use my phone. It's going to start doing it buzzing. Um, let me see. Season. Y'all know I like to look up words. Seasoned. Let's see. Of food, having, hot, having had salt, pepper, herbs, spices added, of wood made suitable for use as timber, accustomed to a particular condition or experience, um, to add quality or feature to something especially so as to make it more lively or exciting we'll take that one that's the one we're going to use um your words need to be seasoned with salt and with the season it doesn't take that much when you season something everybody in the south knows how to actually i can't even make that statement because i've seen some stuff but a lot of people in the south the reason why a lot of people love our food is because of the way it's seasoned. It's not necessarily with salt, but we add flavor to it. We add some stuff to it that other parts of the world may not be um, privy to, may, meaning that may not be have access to it. Um, just like if I go to India, they're going to have different seasonings. They're going to have different flavors and their food that we may not have access to. Every part of the world has something that we don't have access to. That's why the United States was called a melting pot because you get all of these um, different cultures and backgrounds and experiences all in one place. You know, it, um, especially New York because which I haven't been there. I'm going. I'm going to try to get out there. Which New York, you have um, everything in one place like you have a um china china town um you have italy little italy i believe that's i think little italy is in new york i can't remember um you have polish you have um you just have everything you have puerto rican you have uh, cuban you have everything there um in one place so Everybody has their own flavor. Everybody has their own way of doing things, which is beautiful um, and should be celebrated. But I will say when it comes to food, not people, when it comes to food, too much of something is not always good. Even when you eat, you can't eat pizza every day. <laughs> you can't eat pizza every day. It's not good for you. 
So <laughs> you do it in moderation. When you season your words, you do it in moderation. You can you can um, exert criticism. You can give out criticism, but do it in a way that is not um, demeaning in a way that's still respectful. Like as an educator, we, um, I, I was taught to do grows and glows or glows and grows. However, a glow is something positive about what someone is doing. And a grow is some somewhere, something that you could say to, um, encourage them to, to kind of step their game up. And with the glows and grows for grows, the area where they need to get more help in or do better in, give one or two. You don't want to get 15,000 grows and you only got two glows. <laughs> but you don't want to give out 20,000 glows and you only, you only have one grow. No, you got to have some balance. It doesn't have to be like three and three. It could be like three and two or, you know, two and one. However, but you don't want to overwhelm it. So... Back to Nabal and David. So David and his men loaded up, right? But while David and his men load up, you have on the other side, Abigail. Abigail is Nabal's wife. And she is the complete opposite of, uh, of Nabal. She's unwise. She's got a good head on her shoulders. And one of her servants came back to her. Now, I think it's funny, which maybe we'll, I'll go into this. I think I have talked about Abigail and Nabal in the first season, but, um, I'll have to go back and check. And if I didn't, then we'll definitely have to revisit this. But I think it's funny that out of all the servants, only one servant came back to Abigail to tell her what was going on. Um, I feel like the other servants probably packed their stuff up and left because David was about to bring destruction to the whole house. Okay. David was, <laughs> David was about to bring the rain, the thunder and the lightning. Okay. So, <laughs> um, when the servant came and told Abigail what was going on, she made preparation. She was getting food. She was getting wine. She was doing all of this stuff. And so she actually got on a donkey and she took off. She took off with all of the stuff and she caught up. She met David and like he was on his way down the covert of the hill and she was on her way up the covert of the hill. So they met in the middle basically. And um, it says in verse 23 of first Samuel chapter 25. And when Abigail saw David, she hastened and lighted off the ass and fell before David on her face and bowed herself to the ground and fell at his feet and said, upon me, my Lord, upon me, let this iniquity be and let thine handmaid, I pray thee. Speak in thine audience and hear the words of thy handmaid. Abigail threw herself to the ground and she begged for forgiveness. Abigail took on everything that her husband did. Okay, like I said, I don't think we've gone into this, but I can't remember. I'll have to go back to season one because I said a lot of stuff on season one. And I'm like, I can't believe I said all of that. But um, I'll have to definitely go back and um check it out. So... Abigail, just skipping down a little bit. Um, she basically, like I said, she's begging for forgiveness. But in verse twenty nine, because she she apologized on behalf of her husband, and just like please, just forgive him because he is, as his name says, 
And that's what she said. But in verse 29, she says, Yet a man is risen to pursue thee and to seek thy soul, but the soul of my Lord shall be bound in a bundle of life with the Lord thy God and the souls of thy enemies. Them shall he sling out as out of the middle of a sling. And it shall come to pass when the Lord shall have done to my Lord according to all the good that he has spoken concerning thee and shall have appointed the ruler over Israel, that this shall be no grief unto thee, nor offense of heart unto my Lord, either that thou hast shed blood causeless or that my Lord hath avenged himself. But when the Lord shall have dealt well with my Lord and then remembered thy handmaid. And David said to Abigail, blessed be the Lord God of Israel, which sent thee this day to meet me and blessed be thy advice and blessed be thou, which has kept me this day from coming to shed blood and from avenging myself with my own hand. For in very deed is the Lord God of Israel liveth, which hath kept me back from hurting thee, except thou hast hasted and come to meet me. Surely there had not been left unto Nabal by the morning light, any that pisseth against the wall. So David received of her hand that which she had brought him and said unto her, Go up in peace to thine house. See, I have hearkened to thy voice and have accepted thy person. Y'all, because of her words, she saved the whole household and, and kept David from sinning. Because of her words, we have the power with our words to keep somebody from jumping off the ledge, literally and figuratively. We have the power to keep somebody from hurting somebody. We have the power to keep people encouraged, to keep them strengthened, to keep them motivated with our words. Our words have that power. Proverbs 16, verse 24. Pleasant words are as a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and health to the bones. We have that power with our words. Think about that. Your words have that kind of power. And not just in the lives of other people, but in your life as well. You have to speak yourself and encourage yourself through the word of God. And the word is life. And life everlasting. The word is itself and life everlasting. You have to speak to yourself. You have to tell yourself that you can keep going. Let me tell you something. Yesterday, no, it was, was it Friday? I think it was Friday. Y'all, I was trying to, <laughs> I was trying to do something like with my finances or whatever, to make a purchase because I needed to, it was, you know, get something for my dog that she needs. And I'm sitting here like, I don't even, you know, like it's the first of the month, but I had expenses come out. I knew they were coming out, but because of my financial situation for the past two years, I couldn't put money aside to save up for that. That's my plan. That's always my goal. Like I got an HOA fee. I have other fees that come out in February and they only come out once a year. But I, like I said, I could, I, I couldn't save the money. Because I didn't have any money to save. So I'm sitting here like, okay, I need to get this for my child, which I'm a fur mom. So that's my child. And the card wouldn't go through. And I'm like, and I started to get mad. I really started to get mad about it. I could feel I could feel it coming. <laughs> and I heard the Holy Spirit say, don't you say nothing crazy. I heard the Holy Spirit say that. Don't you say anything crazy. You can get mad, but don't you sin. And I was like, and I said, you know what? No, I'm not going to get mad because this ain't my problem. 
this God problem, this God problem, he got to fix this. He, he has to do something about this. And I wasn't saying it in an arrogant way. I was saying it like, this is God's problem. It's not my problem. <laughs> and when I tell you, I felt something shift on the inside of me. Because two, three, four years ago, let me not have no money. And I'm trying to um get, get stuff done. Who gonna have a whole pity party and throw, throw themselves on the floor, metaphorically throw myself on the floor and cry and talk about how life ain't fair and why is this happening to me? <laughs> I mean, that's what I used to do. I used to have a whole moment hours on end. I don't know why this is happening. I can't do nothing. I don't, you know, just wasting time. And Friday, I said, you know what? This guy problem. This ain't my problem. <laughs> I ain't gonna. And you know what? I said then and guess what I did? I went, I took a nap. <laughs> Cause I said, if God doesn't do something, he's a liar and he cannot lie. Cause his word tells me that God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. And I honestly and truly believe that that word, that scripture, particular scripture is in the Bible for us because we get to a point where it's like, God, are you going to do something for me? Are you going to move on my behalf? Are you, I don't see it yet. And I've been sitting in this thing for four or five years and I still can't see it. But your word has told me that you are not a man that you should lie. So I know I'm not crazy. I know I heard your voice. I know, I know what I know that I know that I know that you are not going to break your promise to me because you said in your word that you are not a man that you should lie, nor the son of man that you should repent. I can go and find that scripture. And that thing, it do something to me. It does something to me every single time I see it. Because it reassures me that he is going to do exactly what he said he's going to do in his word. And so I said that. And then I said, because his word tells me that he shall supply all my need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. So he can't make that statement if he was a liar. Because that means he wouldn't fulfill that need. And if he doesn't fulfill that need, then that means he is a liar. But his word tells me he's not a liar. You see that? There are two inalienable truths when it comes to God. His word cannot return into him void and he cannot lie. So any scripture I pull from the Bible, he has that has to be true. Because if it isn't true, then that makes one of those rules that I just told you, those two inalienable rules things about God one that his word cannot return into him void and two he's not a man that he should lie that breaks both those no if he lies that means his word can't return his word returns to him void and that can't happen because he can't lie he's not a man that he should lie so that means he shall supply all my need according to his riches and glory. That means that I am more than a conqueror. That means that I shall not want because he is my shepherd. That means everything in that Bible is true. Because guess what? He cannot lie and his word does not return to him boy. So when I started speaking like that, I went and took a nap and I said, okay, it's got to get done. Because I know the Lord blessed me with my dog and everything he blesses you with, it adds no sorrow. He adds no sorrow to it. 
The blessings of the Lord make it rich and he adds no sorrow to it. That's got to be true because if it ain't true, then that makes him a liar. And he can't be a liar because he's not a man that he should lie. So his blessings add no sorrow to it. And she has been a blessing to me. My dog has been a blessing to me in so many different ways. So he has always supplied my need when it comes to her. When I got to take it to the vet, the money is always there. Everything is always in place when I need to, when it comes to her. Anything that I have, everything is always in place when I need it. He always meets my need. Always. So I took confidence. I took rest knowing that he had, and that was the first time I was able to do that in my entire adult life because it finally clicked. Like, this is not my problem. This is God's problem. And I, like I said, I felt that shift occur and I gave it to him. And let me tell you something. When I woke up, I tried the card again and went through. Praise God. Praise God. I was able to get what I needed to get for her. You know what I'm saying? Like it, your words are so sweet when you speak the word of God, especially when you speak the word of God over your life and the lives of those connected to you. The word, listen, <laughs> listen, let me, t- the word, the word is so, mm. sometimes I just grab hold of one thing out that Bible and I just sit on that and chew on that. Like, like the country folks say, I chew on that because it's so good. It's so good. The word of God is so good and it's so real. The word is a lamp into my feet and a light into my path. Like it's so real and so good and so pure. And I love that. I love it. So I'm going to have to, Ooh, y'all, I got to hurry up and go. I got to hurry up and go. But I just want to let y'all know, like, and you know, I can't, I can't leave without finishing this. So Nabal and Abigail, Nabal died. He had a heart attack because Abigail told Nabal what was going on, but it's the, it's y'all got to go and read chapter 25. I can't get into all the detail right now, but it says in verse 39. And when David heard that Nabal was dead, he said, blessed be, the Lord that hath pleaded the cause of my reproach from the hand of Nabal and hath kept his servant from evil. For the Lord hath returned the wickedness of Nabal upon his own head. And David sent and communed with Abigail to take her to him to wife. <laughs> and when the servants of David were come to Abigail to Carmel, they spoke unto her saying, David sent us unto thee to take thee to him to wife. And she arose and bowed herself on her face to the earth and said, behold, let thy handmaid be a servant to wash the feet of the servants of my Lord. And Abigail hastened and arose and rode on upon the ass with five damsels of her, of hers that went after her. And she went after the messengers of David and became his wife. Y'all, when you speak life into other people, it, it, it comes back to you in so many, so many ways. Because what you speak into somebody else's life, whatever it is, good or bad, is going to come back on you. <laughs> it comes back on you. And I already told y'all about 
um, situation with the woman who, who tried to curse me. She tried to curse me. Don't want to get long story short, but, um, she, she spoke a lot of evil things against me and my future husband and my, my future kids, but God shut that down. He shut that down immediately. But, um, one of the things that she said on that voice message, which I don't play that voice message anymore because it's evil. It's pure evil. Um, one of the things I remember she said is too bad. I won't live to see it. That's what she said. She said, too bad. I won't live to see it. And when I heard her say that on the voice message, I immediately started praying for her and, and her daughter. Cause she has a daughter. Um, and it was like two years ago, I found out that she, and it was crazy because, um, the person who she was friends with, which was a former friend of mine, she, something told me to, I, I told my, I asked my mom to check her page cause I had blocked her and the, the woman, I blocked both of them on, on social media and my mom checked the mutual friends page and she told me, she said, Stephanie, that woman is dead. She just died. And I was like, what? She said, she has just died. Like she just, it's like, that is y'all. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not perfect by any means. I'm not perfect. And I know I have said things about people. I have said things about people. I've said things to people about themselves. I, I have said some stuff and I, Ooh, Lord, I repent right now for everything I've said, even the things I've thought against people, because the Lord showed me in that instance, that could be me too. It should be me too. If it wasn't for Jesus and the grace and mercy that he has given us through shedding his blood on Calvary, because I know I should have been dead for saying stuff against people. Whether I was right in saying the things against people, it doesn't matter. You don't put your mouth on anybody. You don't curse anybody. You don't speak evil. You listen, (laughs) it's, it's some, it's some stuff I don't play around with. I don't play around with taking my blood pressure medicine, which I got to go take it. Um, I don't play around with that. I praise God and I ain't going to be on it too much longer. I don't play around with that. And I don't, at this point in my big age, I don't play around with talking about people like that. If I talk about people, I talk to the Lord about people or someone I can trust who knows the Lord. That way we can go to prayer. We can go into prayer about the situation, but no, if I'm frustrated, I need to talk to the Lord because <laughs> he the only one that can do it because it's his problem, not mine. That's the Lord. Listen, I don't, mm -mm, mm -mm. I don't play around with that, especially when that happened to her, but she spoke, everything she spoke went back on her. I can't remember everything she spoke, but I know she tried to come for my, my husband and my kids. I don't even have a husband and kids right now, but I know she tried to come for him and the Lord shut that mess down. And she said, and the thing is, she was so full of whatever that spirit was, whatever that spirit was that was in her, that evil spirit, it caused her to cut her own life short. 
You can cut your own life short with the words that you're speaking. You can cause a your you can you can make a curse happen in your own life. Cause I know there were times when because I'm I'm a trauma survivor. I've gone through a lot of trauma. And I didn't know why I was so bitter at certain points in my life. I was bitter. And I was speaking, I ain't never getting married. I ain't never having no kids. And I don't want to do, you know, and just, just negative. Just, it was like poison. And I was just speaking it and speaking it and speaking it. And like, my mom was like, you ain't, nobody wanted to be around you. You know, it's negative. And it's like, you don't even, that's why you need to go to therapy. So that way you can really see yourself like and figure out where the root of these things are coming from because i was not this positive person i was not this strong like 10 years ago this was not me i was negative i was very bitter and pessimistic and i don't even like let me tell you something those facebook memories that pop up 2010 to 2013 i don't like them times I don't like it's it's cringy. Okay, it is cringy. I hate reading my posts from back then. Like I have a Valentine's post. <laughs> it's not funny. It's not funny, but it's funny because it's like, what kind of monster says that? Like, I said something to the effect of, um, because I didn't have a. I I think I've had one Valentine my entire life. <laughs> so other than my parents. So I was just like, uh, happy Valentine's Day, even though y'all will probably be broke up a week later or something like that. Y'all have fun. You know, it was something like that. I'm like, oh my gosh, what kind of monster says these things? But that's where I was. I didn't see it as being pessimistic. I saw it as being like, I'm honest. No, no, no. It's a difference. (laughs) It's a difference. But you need that's why you need people in your corner who can hold a mirror up to you and say hey what's going on with you because this is how you looking right now you got stuff all in your nose and your eyes like fix your face what's going on with you is something not right with you you know what i'm saying like you need people in your corner who can do that for you because you're going to end up causing a curse in your own life by the words you speak death and life are in the power of the tongue those who love it shall eat the fruit thereof okay that's what this is the week of love let's show love not just by buying flowers and, and, and candy. No, speak life into someone. That's the greatest gift you could give anybody. Speak life. Speak the word of God into people's situations. Pray with people this week. Go out, go out of your way to pray for people and to speak to people. Go out of your way to show someone that they're seen, that you see them, that they're not, they're not invisible. Do that this week. You you don't know what smile at someone this week. And I'm talking to myself because I do not like to. It's not that I don't like to smile. It's just I'm anyway, I'm making excuses. I don't like to smile. I just don't. So <laughs> got a resting face and I'm working on it. I'm gonna do better this week. I'm gonna do better. This is for me. Smile at somebody this week. Ask them how they're doing. Ask them how their day is going. You'll be just and you if you're if you're not used to talking to people, especially at your job. When you start doing that, they're going to look at you like you're crazy, like something's wrong with you. (laughs) Watch their facial reactions. They're going to be shocked that you're talking to them. Abigail ended up marrying a king. Abigail spoke to the king in David and 
prophesied over him and spoke that word. She, she spoke to the king and David when David was getting ready to act like a fool. It's a, I heard some, I've heard or either seen it on social media. They said inside every man is a court jester and a king. As a woman, you speak to whichever one. It's something like that. Like you, you have the power to speak to call one of them out or something like that. Like call the king out in somebody or to call the queen out of somebody. Don't call the court jester. See, Nabal was a fool. So Nabal spoke to the foolish side of David because that's, he's a fool. But because Abigail carried her stuff like a queen, she spoke to the king and David. Mm. Ooh. That did something to me. Nabal could only speak to David from the level that he was on. He was on the foolish level. He was the court jester. So that's how he spoke. He, because all of us got a fool inside of us. We do. That's why something like the Facebook memories. Who is that that's talking on the Facebook? That was me. That was my foolish me. That was the foolish side of me. That's why the Bible says when I was a child, I spoke as a child. Mm. But when I became a man, when I became a woman, I put childish things away. We all got a foolish little little child inside of us. <laughs> but we also have a king or queen inside of us too. You got to be around the people who know how to speak to that king or queen inside of you. But it depends on the, the crazy thing is it depends on the person who's speaking, what level they're speaking from that determines what's going to come out of you. What's what is going to get evoked out of you. That's that's the thing. So if you talking to fools, guess what? The fool is going to get called out of you. If you talking to royalty, the royalty is going to get called out of you. Hmm. It all depends on the people that you're around. Surround yourself with royalty so you can walk in royalty and walk in that authority. Talk to y'all later. Hope y'all have a happy Valentine's week, week of love. And it's about that time for us. <laughs> uh, anyway, I love y'all. I will talk to y'all later. Have a great week. Bye.